feel like with everything that has been going on these past few weeks, um, it's been very difficult for people to have the conversation, but I'm not 100% sure why it's been difficult to have the conversation. And one of the things that like I'm seeing like a lot, especially with celebrities, uh, certain influencers, pastors, especially, you know, those that are in the church have really kind of honed in that this, that this uh, Palestinian Israel, Middle Eastern crisis, humanitarian crisis is quote complex. And it is used as like a cop-out to talk about, you know, uh, to have a conversation. And I noticed that like with a lot of um, like blanket terms that we use as Americans, um, having empathy, oh, I can't imagine what you're going through or um, like having like these phrases that we that 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 we just simply say that are so empty it all it does is just cause us to not have the conversation like have you have you noticed that as well yeah i think um i think we like to use those excuses i think for the really hard topics when i think there are things that you are allowed to have like a neutral stance on right like i think there are things in life that it's understandable for you to kind of like see both sides if you yeah but then there's other things where i just struggle to see how you can have kind of a, a dual perspective on on them so like um I think back to like during Black Lives Matter and like um, a lot of people were saying like, you know, it's all or nothing. Like it's either my life matters or it doesn't like these contingencies. Right. right? Either you're all in or you don't support black people and you don't support my safety. And I am setting that hard boundary. Yeah. And that's acceptable or that was acceptable. And so when it comes to um, the genocide of Palestine um, or the genocide of Palestinian people, rather, um, and the colonization of Palestine, it is hard for me to understand why that is not also like the socially accepted response. Yeah. Like... I remember during Black Lives Matter, like, and before y'all cancel me, right? Like, some people who were brutalized at the hands of police did break laws, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So in the same vein as people who are justifying, like, but an attack, an attack, would it be justifiable to say, like, well, they broke the law? Right, but breaking the law does not justify like somebody being gunned down on the street. Right. It doesn't justify them not having access to the criminal justice system and like innocent until proven guilty. Like it doesn't negate that right. And so in the same regard where a nation in this case, Israel has the right to defend itself against terrorist attacks, which it does. 
it does not have the right to massacre an entire group of people in retaliation yeah to such an attack yeah and so i can't under like i don't see a justification and i am open to having an informative conversation with somebody who wants to educate me on how that can be i guess acceptable but this is kind of where I, where i was alluding to like there's a threshold i think for everybody that you reach where like things are acceptable and things are not acceptable. Yeah. Um, I mean, we see it with LGBTQ issues. Like for some people, like that is, it's very easy for them to like, not take a stance or have a very different stance than I do. Um, but I think what it boils down to more so than just having a difference of opinion, I think it has yeah. a lot more to do with a difference or a, a difference in the way that your perspective or your framing around that entity or that group of people. Yeah. Because if you're looking at that group of people as less than, if you're looking at that group of people or being conditioned to look at that group of people as less than you, less than human, less than whatever, it becomes a lot easier for you to take a stance of neutrality. Exactly. And I mean this. Yeah. And I mean this like lovingly to people who are listening, because I think back to nine eleven, and mm. in nine eleven I was literally eleven years old. And <laughs> I was a child. Was it six? Was it sixth grade? Fifth grade? Yeah. It was sixth grade. It was like during testing, like during. A, it was such a wild day. It was a wild. It was a wild day. But needless to say, we were children. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm a child, but I very vividly remember the first time being in the airport after that, and the way that I felt being around Arab appear- appearing people, and that was pre social media, and yeah. I was a child, and so. I was not fully responsible for my conditioning or being a sheep at the time, but it was very, I, I was conditioned to look at this group of people as different than me, which then makes it very easy to like, look at the news and see unjustified wars and like massacring of people and feel like that's somehow justified. Yeah. Yeah. So what I need people to do is like, if that's you, I need you to like take a hard look at like why you can find a justification. And like, at this point, I think the number is over 800 children being murdered in response to a terrorist attack. Mm. Like, and so I, I it, and I don't know. I kind of just feel like that's that's the question I pose because it's like my hard line is like my hard line is not seeing a week's worth of massacred children. Right. Like I don't need that for that like for me to feel like ethnic cleansing and genocide is wrong. Like for me reading history accounts of it happening before is like enough for me to not want it to happen to anybody else. Um, but I recognize not everybody is me. 
And so maybe people just have like these different thresholds for things. Um, but like at what line do you decide like screw religion, screw race, screw difference of political party, screw this, that, and the third. It just comes down to like human to human. This is fucked up. Yeah. Like, what is that? Like where we're in, like, this is scary that this is not it. Mm. You know? Yeah. You know, and I think that when we are afraid to have the conversation or when we put up like these safeguards, like, oh, the issue's complex. It's it's really involved. It's very complicated. Mm-hmm. While people are like, I mean, just actively being massacred. We are basically saying, well, whereas this is shitty, it's not ideal. Um, we're really not going to have meaningful conversations that help us to reframe anything or that cause us to kind of look at an entire picture. Mm-hmm. Now, people have come to me and said, well, you know, when, when, when Black Lives Matter was going on and, and you know, uh, uh, you know, kind of bringing in facts about um, Black-on-Black crime or... Uh, like, as you mentioned, black people um, who may have been killed uh, by the hands of cops or, or others, and they weren't necessarily the perfect victims, mm-hmm. then where is that same energy? And it's like, yeah, but does stealing cigarettes equate to being massacred and made, and made an example of? You know, and I, I just think that we really have to check our humanity um in this so i think what's been like the most disappointing is that despite how ugly this terrorist attack was we're talking about people's water supplies uh, you know being shut off um which was happening prior prior to the hamas attack by the way exactly and just like what decades long of oppression and people being forced to move out of their land. And at that, and at that point, where, what does justice look like for Palestine? Right. And how do we make sense of all of this? Yeah. I I think, um, you know, I expect, I say this candidly, I expect, um, I expect different, from black and brown people in this space and this time than I do from white people. Um, I expect us to see what happened to, or see a form of what happened to our ancestors unfolding before our eyes and us not being okay with it. Um, I, I, I need us to do a better job of like, understanding world politics and how they perpetuate white supremacist values. Um, and I recognize that I, that I speak from a lot of privilege from just how my, how I was educated on a college level, the friends I had in college that were very social, social justice minded. Um, but these are the, these are kind of those points that I'm trying to make because it's all connected. Yeah. 
And I've had conversations with some of my very close Jewish friends who are anti-Zionist, and I will leave it at that. And you can, so they are like pissed and they are not yeah. happy with what's happening. And they're yeah. very vocal. They are, yeah. About what's going on. And they're saying things to me like, you know, where is the Jewish outrage about our, uh, about our nation, quote unquote, or what's supposed to represent the Jewish people being backed and funded and supported by alt-right movements? Hmm. That should strike you as odd. Yeah. As a, as a survivor of the Holocaust, right? Or a survivor or a, a, a descendant of survivors of the Holocaust. And these are not my words. These are words of, again, my friends who are Jewish and have expressed these feelings and have educated me on some of these things. Um, that it's a complex situation. I mean, complex, I think, is a, is a I mean, it's a fair word. It's, There's a lot of complexity to the overall like, sure. political landscape of the vested interests in the Middle East, um, about who ends up being on top, about just a lot of that. What's not complex is a genocide. Yeah. And what like the response to that should be. Um, and I think in a lot of times where there is just like craziness, craziness going on in the world, I recognize that most of us feel very powerless in having any type of ability to change it at all. Yeah. Um, but I think that's why if you have a platform where you're vocal about things in general, why your voice is so important because like, just imagine like having other people reflect back to you that you matter. Mm. That your plight matters. Yeah, that's beautiful. Despite how hopeless it is. Like, yeah. I don't think people are looking for your voices because they think you're like that you're single handedly going to be able to change <laughs> what's going on. Like, I don't think people exactly. Are naive, exactly. Um, in the same way that I didn't think like white bodies putting themselves in front of black bodies at protests was going to single-handedly change a entire country built on systemic racism. Exactly. It doesn't do it alone. It, no, it doesn't. It doesn't mean it's not important. Right. It doesn't mean don't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that solidarity, it means something, but it, like you mentioned, it does not solve it. Absolutely not. And I think that we've become so, I seen a post that was like, I felt like that it just was beautiful, beautifully stated. And it was something along the lines of you're, you're not necessarily supposed to find like this profound answer that is going to solve everything and just simply be with those people Yeah, that like a lot of times it's not so much about finding the thing to say and just acknowledgement and solidarity. And I think that we have, we, we've been so conditioned to see certain people with um, like this lack of humanity 
that like when their plight is on TV or their plight is written about in newspapers, we have to internalize that as, well, you know, I don't know too much about that. So let me just turn on something else or having this privilege to look the other way because it is a privilege, you know, and then we get back to the, well, why are we doing that? It's complicated. And I mean, we're Americans and like, as I mean, even as black Americans, and if you're a black American and have the privilege to travel elsewhere in the world, you recognize that you have a privilege as being American. We are geographically kind of insulated, I think, sometimes, a lot of times. I mean, before 9-11, like what what was happening on our on our shore, right? Like on, on our land in terms of very real kind of military threat. I mean, we have very real like internal threats right now, but in terms of like outside entities, we're not living in a war zone. Right. Um, people in Palestine have been though. People in the Middle East have been. And I have family members who are from Lebanon and like this conflict that quote unquote people want to keep calling it doesn't just stay in Palestine and quote unquote Israel. It ripples out and it impacts the entire region. And so I feel, and again, this is my privilege that I have been there. I've been to Palestine. I've been to Israel. I've been, I have family from various places in the world, which has given me, I think, like a global perspective on issues that I've recognized not everybody just has innately. But again, I think it comes down to what I was saying to you earlier, like, what's your hard line for humanity? Because at a certain point, all of those isms, all of those like conditions, like, shouldn't matter. Right. Like I there's plenty of things I've never personally experienced, but I still know like. It's fucked up, you know, like it's still wrong. And so I think I I don't know, like, what does that look like for people? What at what point do we say like this is just like this ain't it from a human standpoint? Everything else. Exactly. Like human to human. And if you can't do that, I urge you to like really think about are you viewing this other person or these other people as human because if you are then you would have a human response yeah and if you don't why in the same way that black people are continuously dehumanized that is not a unique experience to just us like colonialism expanded to lots of minority populations. So like, I'm, and, and this is not, I'm not sitting here to try to like measure dicks when it comes to struggle. Cause it's all bullshit. Like we've all been oppressed by literally the same handful of world powers that are white. Yeah. And to continue in 2023 to allow us to be like divided is ridiculous to me. Mm. yeah exactly we're not a global minority we're the global majority and it speaks to something that even with uh like a terrorist attack which is awful you know at you we both condemn hamas absolutely you know 
I think that there goes there's 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 a different layer to this whole thing when your backing is the United States government, you know, like and understanding like what that like what that means. And, you know, I I think that if we're metaphorically speaking, bringing like bazookas to like a, a knife fight and certainly not comparing what happened in Israel as a knife fight but there is there is something to be said that like when you have the most powerful nation you know backing you up u.s taxpayer dollars going towards uh a potential all-out you know uh massacre uh against palestine or at gaza um or at the West Bank, you know, it's, that's, that's, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, just like kind of reading some of the, the posts and just understanding the rhetoric and how this rhetoric is already encouraging like this, like this war, this, this, like, you know, like I'm hearing about funding. I think, I think you posted something about like no money for uh, uh free education or, 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 or free medical care, but but we have like what ten billion dollars <laughs> to send, you know, and it's just I and think we scrape, we scrape together a hundred million today for Palestine. <laughs> exactly, and I just think that percentage, like a percent, like a percent, yeah, minuscule percentage, and it's like, you know, um how do we rationalize that? Like, how do we go to sleep knowing that you and I were talking the other day and it was just kind of like, well, it's shit. It's difficult for us to go to work knowing that your taxpayer dollars are going to be going towards this. That part. And I can't, and I like, I can't be like, Hey, IRS, I don't support this, so I don't want my taxes to be allocated to this to this issue. I need them to be allocated here. That's not how it works, right? So I think, um, again, it's this American privilege. It's something that my family in Germany, Germany has often said, like, mm. we live here and comfortably don't know shit about how anything works. Hmm with our government, with our quote unquote free market. Um, And I think with the age of social media, we've become a lot more immersed in what people will consider like conspiracy theories, but what, what actually we're seeing to be actual like truths of how these things work and how they operate. And um, like, we just don't, we, are not our school our school system is trash yeah um we live in a country that has from its inception utilized the education system as a way um to keep our society compartmentalized right like in terms of resource allocation to these schools and this like this is not a reflection of educators at all um this is literally the system in which uh, all of these things are operating in the same way that the housing system is rigged 
in the favor of white people. So is our education system. Mm. Um, our history that we're told is very selective. Um, we don't know shit about shit. Like if we're going based off of what we're taught. So it makes sense to me that, you know, I'm having conversations with people that I, that I care about deeply that know very little about this conflict or this issue beyond the past week. And so I recognize that again, I don't think that's what my, my issue is with people who are like making justifications for what we've seen over the past seven days. And I recognize that that's like also shitty for me to say because the plight of the Palestinians has existed long before the past seven days. And I'm aware of that. And I've been posting things about this beyond this past week um, on my social media. And, you know, I was letting somebody know that post, I shared a video of cement being poured into the water supply um, in Gaza. And, you know, and people were like, wow, you know, like that's like such a horrible response to this like these people don't deserve that like even if Hamas did something horrible like attack Hamas don't you know you're cutting off water supply like there's the the population is more than 50 percent children like that's ridiculous and then I had to say to them like yeah and it's this is not even in response to the attack from last week like this was years prior um this happens all the time and so, you know, or sharing my experience of being, um, having the, the opportunity to study abroad in Israel. And so like we were mainly in Tel Aviv and then having the experience with, with some of the people on our trip to take, um, take a trip to Bethlehem and mm. not really realizing until I was already in the midst of it that I was now traveling um, to Palestine yeah, and like what that meant. And, um, it was during the Orthodox Christmas. So it was the beginning, it was like January. Um, and so that's when a lot of the Orthodox Christians, uh, Christian groups celebrate Christmas as opposed to December 25th. Um, and so the church of the nativity is in Bethlehem and it's literally like in this like quaint Palestinian town. Mm. Um, but anyway, there's this church there and there was this huge protest going on. And so we, number one, only were able to get to, to the church um, because we had somebody on the trip who was Egyptian she was, and she, so she spoke Arabic. So she was able to communicate with all of the Palestinian like transportation that we had to use at the time because it was a Friday. So, so none of the Jewish transportation was, um, was operating. And then we get there and we have to be escorted into the church by like guards with AK-47s because there's this huge protest going on. And I took a picture that I also shared to social media that like said free Palestine or pray for the freedom of Palestine on it. That was like on the church. Okay. Um, and that was in 2011. And so, you know, like being there and not being able to use the water and mind you, this is not like far away from where I was at. 
Um, it's like 30, 40 minutes away from Jerusalem, which is like another 30, 40 minutes away from Tel Aviv, if I remember correctly. Like it was okay. all less than an hour drive from one another. I live in Frederick, right? Like that's an hour from DC. You know, right, you right. imagine not being able to use the water? Wow. Because the, the you know what I mean? Like yeah. that close to a place that does. Um, and the only reason why is because a group is, is, feels like you don't deserve access to it. You know, um, one of the things that was, I'm sorry to kind of like shift gears kind of to the Christian response, if you will. Um, I see a lot of people saying, you know, well, like I stand with, with Israel, like this is, you know, these are God's chosen people um and i mean we could have a whole episode on biblical israel in contrast or in comparison with what the modern state of israel is um or nation of israel is that didn't exist before 1948 um but i've been seeing a lot of that and so i kind of i think for me what i've been using a lot now is just like my checks and balances it's like but what but what does scripture say about this right like okay if we're gonna take a if you're gonna take a christian approach to this and like you are saying you know like this is my stance because of the bible like this is my stance because i'm a christian and i stand by the nation of israel because blah 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 which you're entitled to say yeah um but I just challenge you to like reflect back to like what does scripture say and what does Jesus say because that's that's what you that's what you align yourself with right and so Jeremiah twenty two three says this is what the Lord says do what is just and right rescue from the hand of the oppressor the one who has been robbed do no wrong or violence to the foreigner the fatherless or the widow and do not shed innocent blood in this place. And we had put up a post a few days ago, Proverbs 31, 8 through 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. And speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. So it's like, that's 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 my stance, right? Yeah. Like, I can't... Um, it's the same when we were talking about the Just Love campaign. Like, I can't stand for justification of something that like scripture is very clearly telling me to do the opposite and so um yeah i just i don't know i feel like it's very clear that we're supposed to be speaking out and standing in the gap and speaking up for um in this case the oppressed which is the Palestinians, and this is not me saying that Jewish people are not oppressed globally, but in this instance, like that does not negate the decades of oppression that the yeah. Palestinian people are facing. And I, I think that that's like a very big thing that I need people to understand and try to hold some, like try to be a little bit, um, I don't know, logical and rational about, um, because I know that that's going to inflame some people, me stating that and make people feel away. But it is what it is. That's the reality. Yeah, it is. Um, and 
it's the same as we, you can be an oppressed person and still, or you can have oppression occur to you. You can be, um, you can experience prejudice and you can, you can dish that out. Like hurt people, hurt people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's literally why most of us are in therapy. (laughs) So. Exactly. um, that's not a hard concept for I think for people to be able to grasp I think it's just people choose not to because people don't want to have to confront themselves and their own biases but people are literally being massacred being Um, massacred exactly and this is a human crisis I mean you know people don't under and again (laughs) not understanding how people aren't understanding the gravity um whole entire generations are being wiped out. Yeah. In the same way that people could have claimed during slavery to not fully understand the impact Mm -hmm. that that was going to have Mm -hmm. and choosing to like operate in in, in a space of being naive. We know though now I just don't under, I don't, I don't know how many more instances in history we need, right, to like demonstrate the repercussions of these things. Yeah. You feel, you know, do you feel like people are going to like be okay with this next year, the year after that? Like, people are pissed. Yeah. And rightfully so. Um, there's repercussions to everything. It's not a justification for more violence. It's not a justification for any of any of that. What I'm saying though is that like there's repercussions. Yeah, there are. Um, and, and there's long-standing consequences to yeah genocide. Exactly. Um, to cultural genocide. To dehumanization of people um and as americans and as people who want to you know claim like we are the the leaders of the free world like we have some reckoning to do and i hate that i'd like live here during a time like you like this is a social like this is definitely like a security risk that the U.S. is creating unnecessarily, like, stupidly for itself. Yeah. And I understand, um, you know, like, I had to, as I've gotten older and understanding more about, like, 9-11 and everything that went into that, again, there's no justification for the murder and, and all of that at all. But, dude, like, we created a set of circumstances that had very serious serious consequences and the fucked up shit is that innocent people oftentimes are most impacted by those fucked up consequences that our leadership and our governments put us into Hmm. but as black and brown people like at a certain point we have to say fuck all that and stop allowing ourselves to be divided because collectively like we already know what it is. We've, we already have full, like, five, six hundred years at this point of colonization history. Yeah. 
so to see it happen in modern time and like not demand for its end is like crazy. Yeah. I, I think that a lot of the people who have found themselves speaking out on this and they're like, Hey, you know, educate yourselves on it. And then they don't provide any (laughs) resources. They don't provide anything about what they're reading. It's almost like kind of putting the ball back in the court. Oh, if this is such a, and listen, research is free. You can always do your research, but I'd be remiss to not list a couple of resources that have been helpful and just in terms of books that I have found helpful to understand because it's only complex when you just simply don't want to understand Absolutely. and when you're trying to find a reason to not educate yourself. So um, there's a book called The Ethnic Cleansing of Palestine. Um very, very good book. Um, highly, highly recommend that. Also, there's another called The Hundred Years War on Palestine, uh, a history of settler uh, colonialism and resistance. Uh, fabulous book as well. Um, another one called Against Our Better Judgment, The Hidden History of How the U.S. Was Used to Create Israel. And um, there's another one, Against... The Loveless World, um, and this is uh, a novel uh, about uh, Palestinian refugees, um, documents from like the the 70s on up. And so it's it's a very, very good book. All of those are available on Amazon. You know, I'm sure that there are other resources out there as well. But, you know, I think what's most important is to not fence ride this thing. I think that calling it out for what it is is important. Mm-hmm. I think narrative matters. I think those that control narrative, uh, if you know that that's that's an important, you know, thing to look at, you know, especially during this time. Um, I had put up a post earlier, uh, re- reposting it. Uh, I believe something along the lines of that: those that are doing the murders also control the narrative, or something along those lines. And it's very true, you know. Always the and again, and so yeah, and so it's important to really research, um, to do your due diligence with, you know, uh, with reading. And that is not to sway. I mean, like if, you know, wherever that you stand, that you understand where this is, but Felicia and I are really appealing to the humanity in this whole thing. But I think we also need to recognize genocide when we see it. And, and I, I don't think that it gets any simpler than that. I think that if we, uh, love one another, if we love humanity, if we, you know, we recognize where uh, a lot of these nuances um, do come into play. But I also think that approaching everybody mercifully is what's most important. I know that it's in many ways um, feels like a, like a, like a utopian type of ideal idealistic you know society that you know we we talk about but it's really not i think life without genocide or um without completely taking out generations of a people um you know i I think without us doing that i think that we we'd be just fine 